This is the Bride Chilla Podcast. It used to be called the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Same host, better jokes, new name. Enjoy the show. I knew I was going to get along with this guest today when I visited her personal website. And the first thing I read was a quote, a diva is the female version of a hustler. Bam, bitches. Meg Keane is a publisher, author, essayist, and proud hashtag girl boss. She founded, look, I'm going to be honest, I'm not allowed to say this, but it's my favorite wedding website. Just quote <laughs> between you and me. <laughs> a practical wedding in uh, 2008. She's old school in this wedding world, but that's uh, with great respect I say that. And in her words, she turned a love of glitter and feminism into one of the fastest growing and best wedding brands in the country. And I'm going to say world. World domination, Meg. There is so much to speak about today. So I'm going to get into it. We're going to talk about books, feminism, sex, money, bloody whatever we want to talk about. Meg, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to stop. I'm going to like climb out of your ass in a couple of seconds, as we would say. (laughs) But fuck, I love what you do. There you go. I've already sworn. So there it is. I just want to say firstly, my listeners, if you've never visited a practical wedding, just stop the podcast, but come back. And spend some time there because you're going to want to just absorb everything. Meg, this is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Where do we begin? Where did you begin? That's probably the best question. Well, <laughs> it was 2008 and the story, I've told the story so many times. I bet. It let's sex it up. Do whatever you want. <laughs> made up, but let's tell it because it's a good story. But keep in mind, this is real. I'm not making this up. Please. No, uh, I had just gotten engaged and um, my then fiance and I were taking a walk and um I was crying. <laughs> like, let's keep, <laughs> let's keep it real. I was crying. Um, and this was sort of the very early days of wedding blogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been reading wedding blogs for a, for a while. Uh, and I got engaged and was, you know, re- really excited to get to planning. And something like three or four days into it was already crying um, because I was like, we're never going to be able to do this on our budget. We're never going to be able to do this with our values. What had actually happened is I had found a something that was labeled like the budget um, invitation option. And I was like, great, that's what we need. Um, and <laughs> it was it was $2,000. Right. Very realistic. Yep. Right. right. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want... Um, so my husband suggested that I start a blog and then I call it a practical wedding. And, um, I did, I actually, he did. He like set up a blog spot account for me and was like, do it. You've always wanted to have a blog. Um, so it started there and God, I just, in some ways I did have very clear hopes about where it would go. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I started it hoping I could turn it into a business. I'd been watching blogs turn into businesses. Amazing. I had gone to school for theater and had always wanted to work for myself running a creative business. And I sort of was like, maybe this is my, you know, opening my opportunity. Um, but I just don't think I thought I would be here, you know, nearly a decade later um, with a staff and an office and two books. And um, so it's been really an amazing ride. And um I'm super grateful for it. Now, Meg, you have authored two books and uh, your first book, A Practical Wedding, Creative Solutions for Planning a Beautiful, Affordable and Meaningful Celebration. I have to say it like that because it's got an amazingly long title. Um, Did you, uh, I mean, it was a a huge success and it still is. It's always in the Amazon charts under wedding planning. Did you realize when you wrote that, that it was going to affect so many brides and grooms so positively? 
I wished. I mean, <laughs> seriously, like that's, that's the truth, right? That you're like, I hope. Um, but I, uh, when I, when I wrote it and I, it's funny cause I, you're talking to me when I'm in like exactly the state of emotion, same emotional state, um, that I was talking about then, right? Cause my book is right about to come out. And mm. so I'm living in, it's so funny. I have a feeling that you can publish all the books in the world and still every time a book comes out, you're sort of in this space of like, oh, just hoping and praying that, you know, you put all this work, you think it's really good. Is it going to go out there and do well? Is it going to go out there and die? Like, please, please, please. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to happen, but yes, please. <laughs> lay it on me. So, um, that's really where I was. I mean, the day before it sort of launched the last time I was just, I remember, you know, talking to my husband and just feeling sort of like abject terror um, and throwing out a number that I was like, if it sells this many, like over the lifetime of the book existing, Mm -hmm. then at least I won't be embarrassed. Right. Um, So, you know, I had had friends that worked in publishing. Um, My husband had worked for a literary agency. Like I sort of knew the game. And so I was like, I just need to not embarrass myself. And we went on to sell that many copies. I want to say, like in the first year or wow. something. I mean, something crazy, maybe a year and a half. Um, but in publishing, that's sort of like an amazing deal. Um, so <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful. It, I obviously worked hard at it, but um, I also think that both books I wrote very clearly to fill a niche that was there that just wasn't being filled. And I knew that because when I went to go buy wedding books, I was like, oh, God, these are terrible. Right? Like, mm. why, 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 why? Um, and so many of them are like, they're like this weird mix of assuming, I, I have books on my bookshelf that I'm staring at in my office that genuinely assume that you, ha- you have like $100,000. They must yeah. because, yeah. what you know, they like start, one of them has a timeline that starts with um, two days out, like begin installation of the subfloor. <laughs> like, uh, Meg, what? Do you have a subfloor at your wedding? I had six. I had to find out what a subfloor was, <laughs> um, which I did this time, I think. But, um, you know, so they start with that assumption and then they're like really sexist and, and really gendered and really like, just like, I don't know about you, but they just like make me feel icky when I read them mm. <laughs> and, and don't help, right? And make me feel stressed. So. Yeah. Um, I, both times I was really writing and they're very different books. I mean, they, they have the same tone, but they like fill very different needs. Um, but yeah, both times I was writing for like, I would have killed for this book. Um, and I've just been, I felt so, I mean, again, I try not to use the word lucky, but, um, it's always like luck and hard work and all these other things. But, um, I do feel, I feel, let's say I feel blessed and grateful that it has gone on to reach a lot of people and it's still hard to wrap my brain around, you know, like people are like, Oh, I read the book. And I'm like, you did like, I still think that that lives in my head. So, um, well, I feel like the success of it is as you just said it yourself, that there are so many blogs and bullshit, like people putting out the same stuff. It's all very flowery. It all goes, you know, brushes over the actual stuff that I think is important. And that's exactly what your book covers. And also, you know, you're going to, most of the articles on a practical wedding hit that sort of point of saying it's it's not just about a day it's about marriage and a future together it's not about spending all your money and i think that's what 
I, when I started this podcast, it was sort of trying to be the voice of reason, I suppose, of people sort of saying, you don't have to get wrapped up in all that stuff. Just relax. Yeah. Just relax. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And this second book is really the like sort of logistical follow up. I had this. It's funny. I've worked in this industry long enough to know better. But I, I said to myself for years, people would say, oh, you should write a planner. And I would say, like, in all seriousness, I'm not a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. There's like high end professional wedding planners that have written planning books. They have done a better job than I ever could. I said this without ever looking at one, right? Like, I'm sure they're great. Um, And then when I went and picked them up, um, I was like, oh, my God, these are terrible. And and then said to myself, like, "Mm, you knew better. (laughs) Like, any any wedding thing I've ever picked up has been like, oh, this is kind of bad. Um, So these planners were, like, weird and blank. A lot of them were blank. Like, they're, like, one of them has, like, a commemorative tear-out sheet for writing notes when you interview like wedding photographers and I was like nobody in the history of the world wants a commemorative page like Gross. Yep. for notes interviewing wedding photographers you, <laughs> you just want help um, so yeah so this was a book that oh, it took so much research because I'm not a planner um, months and months of research and this is all about like all of those questions that you have when you're like in the trenches where you're like but how like they seem boring but they're like kind of important like how far apart do I, my tables need to be so someone can walk between them? Like, how many dinner rolls do I need? How do you throw a taco truck wedding? Like, all of that stuff. The wedding industry is this huge multi-billion dollar industry. Um, and there's so many companies that have, like, infinite resources compared to what we have. And I find it really bizarre that there is almost no information on how to actually throw a wedding, right? Like, there's all this information about, like, how to spend money, But there's very little information on, like, when you're like, okay, now I actually need to do the thing. Like, how do I do it? And there's just kind of nothing there. And I find it it really odd. It's been almost a decade, and I still find it really, really odd. Let's talk about the wedding industry, because I am constantly flummoxed by it. And I feel like I'm sort of a part of it, but I'm not. I've been labeled a virtual bridesmaid, and I think that's probably the nicest thing anyone said about what I do. It's like I try and learn with everyone, and, you know, I, I get emails from people saying, you know, I got a $20,000 catering a catering uh, quote the other day, and that's, that's three times the amount I want to spend. And it's like, Jesus Christ, I don't know, what, you know, how it all works sometimes. It just continues to freak me out. I mean, is it... Is it getting a wedding's getting more insane, or are we just spending more time thinking about them getting insane? Like, is no, it- they're, they're no, they're getting more insane. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I did a lot of research for this on my in my first book. I sort of like delved into the history of weddings, trying to figure out what happened. Um, and there was this. There's. I mean, I think there was a sea change, sort of in the late 70s early 80s like that you can kind of pin it on princess Di's wedding mm. though i don't i don't know if that's what did it i just think that that was like sort of this focal point around when things were changing anyway and i think a lot of it had to do with moving from weddings just being a thing that you did because everybody got married because that's like how society worked to weddings becoming sort of an optional thing right because you it became less like, you know, you could have sex outside of marriage, so you didn't necessarily have to get married in the same way. So then weddings became sort of a statement. And then I think they got crazy. It got, like, ramped up uh, again, maybe around, 
I, when did Marcus Stewart Wedding started? I think in 1999. I really need to fact check myself on that. It Please, could be, I believe you. I believe you. But I think it's 99, and I think right around then things started, you know, ramping up again. Because I know that when I sat down to like put together my wedding, I was trying to explain to my mom that like, you know, people just have like seated meals. That's sort of at least in the states fairly normal at this point. Um, and when she got married in 1974. Nobody had a seated meal unless they were really wealthy, right. which makes sense because it's very, I mean, the bottom line is it's very expensive to feed, say, 150 people a meal, right? Yeah, like, yeah of course. It doesn't matter what you feed them. It's expensive. Um, so our expectations, it's really an expectations game, right? Where our expectations keep getting ramped up and up and up and up, and then that becomes more and more and more expensive. Um, to sort of meet. And I, I assume that we will look back. I'm, this is occurring to me as I say it, but it's assume, I'm assuming that we will look back and Pinterest will be like another sort of turning point, right? Yeah. And wedding yeah. blogs just sort of started right before that. Um, but so, so sort of the whole wedding blogs, Pinterest, internet, like snowball effect. Because what happens is like you don't even, people don't even realize how high that, their expectations are mm. um, when they start planning, right? But you've, you've gotten sold on these ideas on, on Pinterest. And, you know, if you add them all together, if you add together like, I don't know, uh, letterpress invitations with a sit-down meal. Oh my like gosh, just already else. Right. It's already super expensive. So, I mean, that said, I will say in some ways I'm sad I'm not getting married now um, because I think there are parts of the industry that have gotten so much better in the last um, seven years. I, I mean, it's so much easier to buy affordable wedding dresses that are, that are beautiful, for example, um, or have sleeves that, that don't all look the same. Oh, not I love all, like, sleeves. Sleeves and pockets. Sleeves and pockets, Meg. Sleeves and pockets. Oh, my God. God bless. It's like, oh. Yeah. But, you know, so so it's that, like, push-pull. In some ways, the internet has made it better. It, you know, like sites like A Practical Wedding can exist um, and just could not have existed before. Um, you know, shows like yours can exist and could not have existed before. Um, but it, but then there's like the Pinterest effect. So um, it's, yeah, I don't, I we'll have to look back and see where we are. But it's really, it has gotten crazy and it is expectations built upon expectations. I was writing a piece uh, recently, actually, well, I'm still writing it, uh, about Pinterest and trying to figure out how I feel about it. And I did a show very early on in like a year ago on the podcast sort of saying about the old now people sort of saying about a pintervention and just like just step back and and this this quest for perfection that doesn't exist and half of the stuff on pinterest is all from styled shoots from magazines anyway right. which are you know right. completely curated beyond belief right and this idea that trying to look into the future and explaining to someone i always try and think in post-apocalyptic terms i just <laughs> love the idea of people sitting around going okay now there was this thing this website this yep yeah, it's a program and they pin pictures of things that they wanted and they probably will never get the things or craft projects that will never happen but it makes them feel good because it's sort of a protection thing or you know it's like it's one of those things that actually when you write it down it's pretty mental and yeah. that we spend so much time organizing boards and, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's all just sort of, 
a lot of, I don't know, I, th- I think it's a lot of faff. It's a lot of, you know, white noise that goes around that when you yeah. really go and look at your bloody hundreds of boards and Pinterest boards and pages and all this sort of stuff, you go, is this, was this a good use of my time? I don't know if it was. And it's, you know, what's crazy is one, the majority of um, wedding boards on Pinterest are um, people who are not planning weddings. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of an interesting thing. The majority of them are people that might plan weddings one day in the future, right? Most of them are titled something like, when my one day comes. Oh. <laughs> so, so there's that. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to make that noise. That was a terrible, like, ugh. Yeah. Um, so you've set yourself up for like years in advance of like, but this is what I always wanted. I mean, it could be a really useful tool. It was interesting in this book. I try not to, when I'm writing books, I try not to like call out specific like social media platforms, right? Because you want the book to stay relevant, right? Um, but really quickly I gave up on not not mentioning Pinterest in this book because I was like, I just feel like it is such a key part of what people are going through right now that like, if it stops existing, we're just going to have to put out a second edition, right? Like we just have to talk about it. Um, but I did end up recommending that this, it was this weird thing where I would be like, and then once you sort of deprogram yourself, you may actually want to start a new Pinterest board. So it's weird. It can be a useful tool. Like I think that there's a way to use it in a really focused way where you're like, okay, now I'm going to pin things that like I can actually use in my real life. Um, but that's a very different way than I think the way we use it most of the time. Yeah. If that makes sense. Agreed. And I think it's also, you know, I, there are ways I sort of talked about how you can use it if you don't want to build a wedding website, which I think is actually a great idea and it's very easy now, but the idea that you can create a shared board about pinning hotels or pinning um you know recommendations for your guests i think there are lots of creative ways to use pinterest and and get the most out of it it's just trying not to filter away all your actual living hours pinning forty thousand dollar dresses and also real i think i mean you mentioned it but i think really realizing how artificial um things that are pinned are i mean i'm hyper aware of this because we produce images to do well on Pinterest very specifically because like that's just the nature of the web at this point. So you have to do it. Um, And I know what it takes to produce an image that will perform well on Pinterest. And like some of our top performing pins, I mean, we, and it's great. Like they're great ideas and we explain to you how to do them, but like we rented out a warehouse and we spent three days on a photo shoot, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was to get that image to perform on Pinterest. And it is really like this deep dive into what people think they want, for, you know, like versus what they actually want. But it's, yeah, it, I mean, it was three days of like painstaking detail work um, to get images that people actually want to pin on Pinterest. So you, right, it's a pretty image and you can pin it. And like, yes, if you click through, the article has a good solid idea that you can replicate in real life but like don't kid yourself like you're not running a warehouse you're not spending three days with stylists on a set and that is minor compared to most of the images on Pinterest that have like 15 stylists and like you know a $10,000 budget and professional models like that's just it's not going to look like that and I think more importantly and I bring this up in the first book a lot as well this idea that like pretty isn't an emotion, right? So your wedding day really is about, you're going to experience it in terms of how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty is not a thing that you can feel. I'm really glad, I'm grateful my husband, um, maybe like 
a month before the wedding said to me, you know that the wedding isn't going to feel like wedding pictures look. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I genuinely didn't understand what he meant. And he said, when you look at wedding photos, like say in Martha Stewart weddings or on a blog or whatever, he was like, they, first of all, like that's not how real life looks. Those are like beautiful photos. And he was like, second of all, you can't feel pretty. It's not an emotion. So you're not going to feel that. And um, he was like, I really want you to internalize that. And I'm really glad that we had that conversation because our wedding day, we hired good photographers, right? I have these beautiful artistic shots, but that's not what the day felt like. Like it felt really raw, right? Like there was a lot of really raw emotion and, and that's what made it amazing, right? Like there was raw sort of good emotion and bad emotion and like all this emotion and like sort of pure joy and pure like the like emotions of committing your life to somebody are really enormous and sort of like, I want to say like bigger than your body, right? Like it sort of pulls at you. Um, and it doesn't feel like this pretty like image of a bouquet, right? So, but we've only been taught to think about weddings in terms of like pretty images. So I think that if you don't take the time to think about that, it can be really overwhelming and surprising. And it means that we put our focus in the wrong place, right? Like we spent no energy thinking about the emotions of the day or thinking about how to make our wedding fun. And then instead we spend all this energy thinking about how to make it pretty. And I just think that at the end of the day, well, I understand that as well as anybody, right? Like I love pretty wedding stuff. That's part of why I do what I do. Um, I think it's a disservice because I, I think that if all you do is make your wedding pretty, then you're going to feel disappointed at the end of the day. Do you think we are overly focused on how, you know, how to outcool each other and make it like, you know, we got married in a circus tent with one-armed dwarves. <laughs> it's like, fucking hell. How do we out... <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, this is it's sort of like there's a freak show element to, to weddings now where oh, for real. people are going completely mental uh trying to do this and, and and i had to go back someone had written me an email recently saying that somehow they'd come across uh, uh did you have, you have four weddings the tv show in america don't you the where they yeah, yeah so oh, that, it originates here yeah oh of course it does of course it does right. <laughs> and one of my lovely u.s listeners have been watching australian four weddings which is completely we would say bogan like pretty rough some of the women are like oh you know i'm doing and that they will kill each other to win this show and australians can be super mean as well we sound really friendly (laughs) but we're funny i've traveled a lot in europe with australians so i believe of course okay so you know us we sound nice but we can be really mean and this show was brutal but one of the things this lovely listener wrote to me she's like man they were all trying to out out sort of uh, with novel ideas outdo each other. Like, you know, we had four magicians and you're just like, oh my God, this is, it's got to end. <laughs> and you know what? God knows that's why all of us go to weddings, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I hope they have four magicians. Not- <laughs> and that's what everyone I mean, will talk about. The freaky magician that wasn't very good and had two tight pants. And was- that's for bar mitzvahs. Oh, <laughs> that is to save that to embarrass 13 year old with. It's weird because um, you know what I think happens? Cause this happened to me. What I think happens is that somehow in our head, we are, because you spend so much time online planning your wedding or most people do, I think. Mm. Um, and I certainly did, um, that I think on some level you're trying to like produce a wedding that will somehow impress the internet. Like, and it can come in a lot of different 
forms. You could be like, I want it to be in a circus tent with one-armed wolves. Or it could be like, I want to do this like amazing wedding for the cheapest price anybody's ever heard of. Mm. But it's funny because you're not actually – like first of all, that leaves out your guests and the emotions and why you're there in the first place and whatever. But let's come back to that. Second of all, like you're not – you're only doing this in your head for the internet, right? Like you're probably not actually – performing your wedding for the internet in that way, right? Like I run a wedding website and and like obviously can publish whatever I want and I still didn't perform my my wedding for the internet like in the way that I was doing it in my head, right? Like yeah. somehow in my head someone was going to like line item check my budget and then like tell me <laughs> if I was a good or bad person, right? Like obviously that doesn't happen. Um, so there's the people that actually come to your wedding, like, let's be real, half of them are over 60, right? Like, yep. half of them have, more than half of them, have no idea what's trendy in weddings. And and they're just going to be like, why were there one-armed wolves? And, like, I've never been to a wedding with magicians. That's so weird. And, like, why didn't we just focus on their vows a little bit more, right? Yes. And the three other people that are also planning their wedding will be thinking about it. And that's it. And that's it. Over Rover. Over, done. Move on. You don't need <laughs> you don't need the circus tent unless you're we a circus professional. Exactly. One of my my I have to say this now. We're solving the internet. That one of my um, richest uh, co-workers at work came into work the other day and he said, "Oh, I've finished Tinder." And we're like, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Well, a thing came up on Tinder and said there are no more women available in my area." <laughs> And I was like, okay, he's concluded Tinder like the end of Mario Brothers. He's just got to the end and they've gone, that's it. Pack up your bags, move on. There ain't no more women for you. Oh, so, I, hope and I, I hope there was something like a account because I feel sort of cheated yeah, that yeah. I was already partnered and done by the time Tinder started. I, I totally agree. I feel like I've missed out on a big part of our generation just going, I want to just swipe left or right, whichever one. See, I'm such an old nana, I don't even know which is the right way to swipe. I know. I know. I know. Let me judge a guy off his douchey photo and his, you know, dick, dick pics. I never got that. I think that there are, oh, I did some internet dating um, in the beginning of internet dating kind of because I wanted, I I said like out loud, funnily to my to my now husband, who was one of my best friends at the time, like I just don't want to have to tell my children that I lived in New York in <laughs> in the two thousands and I did not do internet yeah, dating. Right on. Yeah. And so I did it and like it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> um and now I have the story. So but but now I feel like I even though I I really like gave it a good effort. Like I miss Tinder. So yeah, I feel like it would, I mean, I know all the people listening who have had Tinder experiences be going, get lost, Alicia and Meg. This is fucking hard <laughs> and it's awful and you're married and you're running your wedding things. Shut up. But I just sort of feel like, mm, let's just be pretend to be single for a week. Maybe that could be a good article. <laughs> we could both write it. Alicia and Meg hit Tinder with husbands, you know, Permission, not permission, wrong word. You know what I mean? Blessings. And uh, just give it a crack. Go I on mean, some I think, dates. I think it, it, Tinder, uh, I was going to like conflate them. I think Tinder and Pinterest are sort of the same, right? Like they just ha- have no basis in reality. I yeah. get the sense that like many marriages did not start on Tinder. Yeah. Right? Like, but sadly, many weddings did start on Pinterest. So that is the difference. Oh, my God. Put that on a T-shirt. Womp, womp. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Meg! Look, I, there's a lot to talk to you about. Now you're going to re, you're going to rejoin me 
in a Q&A episode on Thursday, so we're going to talk more then. But I wanted to just – one just thing you mentioned earlier, I just wanted to jump back while it's still top of mind. I talk a lot about obligation and expectations. That's sort of like a – I think if you're going to give my podcast a theme, that's probably the two words that come up the most in uh, my advice and also the listeners' emails. Yeah. You know, people there's – so, there's so much weight, heavy weight of both of those words that come into weddings – Yep. My 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 thing is creating bride chillers. That's like my whole, I don't know, life goal. Just to say to people, just you don't have to do what everyone else does. You don't have to come into things and invite the people that you feel obliged to invite. Why would you fake smile to someone on your wedding day? This is ridiculous. Yep. Spending all this money, mother-in-law, blah blah blah. What do you feel about those two words? How do we solve those <laughs> problems? Big question. Just like bit. I did a lot of nodding and like a deep sigh and then I looked at the ceiling. So <laughs> that's the stage direction, directions there. Um, I mean, I am of two minds on it. Mm. One, I think the whole like bride chilla idea is important in that what I learned actually having a wedding is that however you want your wedding to be, right? If you want it to be relaxed or you want it to be super exuberant or like pick your adjective. There's one way to do that. And that's by modeling that behavior because your guests, it seems so simple, but I, I wouldn't have guessed it before I got married. Your guests are literally watching you and they are basically mimicking your behavior. They're leading wherever you follow. So for example, people ask like, how can I get people to dance on my wedding, right? And I asked that because I had a morning wedding and I really wanted dancing. There's a really way, easy way to do that. If you dance, people will dance. They're not going to leave the bride alone on the dance floor. Yes. It just doesn't happen. Um, and our wedding was really relaxed because we were really relaxed and we were sort of very present and just really soaking it in. And people watched and then imitated that. Um, but I've been to weddings. We've all been to weddings, right? Where the, the couple was extremely tense um, and, you know, yelling at people and the works. And I think it's nearly impossible to attend a wedding like that and not become really tense, right? Because you're like, well, they want XYZ to all go right. So, like, I feel like I have to do that for them. And, and how do I make that happen kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Um, and people That's are almost that. waiting for the breakdown, which is awful. Right, exactly, which mm. we've all seen. Yeah. <laughs> or, or at least I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and, you know, that said, there's the whole, like, cool bride phenomenon where it's like, who can be the chillest? And, like, just don't even get into that because, like, of course you're going to be stressed out. And, of course, you know, like, planning a wedding is stressful. So, like, give yourself a – cut yourself a break. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of being chill is being like, I'm crying right now. Okay, cool. Like, that's okay. I'm just going to feel that feeling. Yeah. Um, but then there's the obligation expectation thing. And it's like a – it's a complicated puzzle because someone asked me recently, like, what's the most common advice question that you guys are asked? And I think it's some variation on – do I have to listen to X person that I love's opinion? Mm. Um, and of course the answer is like only you know for sure, right? But beyond that, if if this person loves you and you love them and you have a good relationship with them, do you have to do what they say? No, I don't think you do. But do you have to listen to them? Like, yep, I mean probably. Did they did they say change your diapers like <laughs> your entire childhood? for example, then like, yeah, you should probably, you know, give them some airtime to yeah. 
feel their feelings, right? Like now that I have two kids, I'm certainly like if my kid just like wandered off and got married, didn't tell me, didn't ask me, didn't like whatever, threw all my wishes in their face, I'm sure I would be a little bit like, I changed your goddamn diapers. (laughs) What dealt with feces? Let's talk. Exactly. (laughs) I wiped feces out of your hair. That is the thing that happens. Um, So, you know, I think it's a balance. Like it really is your your day in terms of, or it's like your wedding, right? Like you have to have the emotional experience that you need to have. But, but then I try to say like it's everybody's day who loves you, unless you're eloping and then like you do you, that's the point of eloping. But like if the people that you love are going to be around you, you kind of do have to like factor that in. We recently got a letter where someone was like, well, we wanted to elope, but we're not eloping. But so we invited our families, but we told them they can't hang out with us. And now they're upset because they want to hang out with us. And we said, you could watch us get married and that's it. And you can't do anything else with us. And they don't understand. Um, And we're kind of like, well, I mean, uh, of course they don't understand. (laughs) right? So that's obviously an extreme, but it is that like, it's a balance. It's a balance. But I think you do have to be able to step in. And I mean, I just think it's the first practice of being a new family, right? You have to be able to step in and be like, yeah, that's not going to work for us because you're going to be saying that again and again and again for like the next 10 years as you continue to practice that. So saying like, that's, I hear you. I love you. That's not going to work for us. Is yeah, I think yeah. just my like favorite the best saying. That's not going to work yeah. for me. It's not going to work for me. But thank you. <laughs> right. But thank you for sharing. Thank you. But no. Hear no. you. But let it. I, I, it's such good advice, Meg, because it's. I think it's. You know, one of the big things in life is well, the amalgamation of families and new people in your life and learning to find that voice that maybe you haven't found with your own family. It's You don't have to be an asshole. It's just about going, well, this is not how I was expecting it. It's being able to be communicative and honest, I suppose, on that level that perhaps is challenging for a lot of people. But if you don't yeah. give it a crack, it'll never happen. Right. And it's going to have to happen. So I kind of think in some deep down level, I think that weddings are kind of set up to be the perfect practice for that. Agreed. Because it feels like the stakes are high, but they're so much lower than they're going to be, right? Saying like, that flower color is really not going to work for me is like so much easier than being like, baptizing my children is really not going to work for me. So I don't believe in God. Oh, right. And I hate petunias. <laughs> exactly. So practice now. <laughs> the way it's got to go it's the way it's got to go oh my gosh meg it's such a delightful uh experience spending half an hour with you and uh, i'm going to spend more time with you later in the week but i must do a massive plug here because your book is coming out this week a practical wedding planner a step-by-step guide to creating the wedding you want get that you want with the budget you've got without losing your mind in the process i do like that little end bit without losing your mind in the process For the record, I don't need my books beyond a practical wedding planner. Um, I do love all that. But they do give them long titles. The first title I don't actually know. When people read it off to me, I'm like, is that what it is? Did I write that? I don't know. (laughs) But it it is a legitimately helpful book and you should get it and you will be grateful and you'll be like, oh, thank God this answers this question. And it's like, what, 15 bucks on Amazon? Oh my God. It's like... You're doing yourself a favor by purchasing this book and purchase one for your friend at the same time. And I do believe uh, that we have some to give away. 
So as well as I know, I know. So what what do we want them to do, Meg? Let's set them a challenge. (laughs) Well, the challenge that we did, and I think is a really good challenge, is you have to send in your biggest wedding planning question or your bestie's biggest wedding planning question. All right. Let's send that. We'll pick one. All right, let's do that. Simply uh, send me the biggest wedding planning question you have or the biggest challenge that you have faced so far. I always love hearing what people come Mm. up with the answer to that question. And uh, I shall be sending some lucky winners, some planners. I don't know how many I'm giving away yet. It could be five. It could be five million. (laughs) In your question. Meg, thank you so much. If if you want to check out A Practical Wedding and you haven't checked it out already, I did tell you at the beginning of the podcast to go away. I hope you've come back again. A Apracticalwedding.com uh, is where you'll find it. And also, um, do go back and uh, check out the best of 2015. There are so many great uh, blogs to start you off on your A Practical Wedding reading journey and uh, spend some time there. It's great. It's, it's so great. Thank you so much for your inspiration. And uh, I just, I'm really looking forward to Thursday. All right. Thank you so much. Woohoo!